the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Insert Name FC. I am your host, Hector Flores, and with me is the other host of this show, Edward Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, man, we got another episode. We made it. Two episodes back-to-back now. Yeah. So we're, we're making things. Shout-out to everybody that listened to our, our first episode. Greatly appreciated. Muchas gracias. Yes, gracias. All right, man. So you ready for this, this episode? All right, let's do it. All right, man. So... In the first episode, you guys heard about who our teams are, what our, our, I guess, our biases when it comes to club level. But now you guys are going to hear about national teams. So, Edward, who is your national team and do you love them? Well, I was born here in the U.S. I'm from Sabi parents, Salvadorian parents. and uh, But I, I guess you could say the U.S. national team is. And, yes, I love them. I love what they're building right now with all the young players that they have. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come for, for the U.S. I mean, they, it looks like they actually have a World Cup squad now. Not like, you know, in the last World Cup. <coughs> they weren't even in the World Cup. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, there, there's only one, only one way to go from when you're on the bottom. <laughs> it's like you might as well play that Super Mario. Well, anyway, so... As well as that word, my parents are from El Salvador, and I was born in the U.S. of A, baby, which means I won the lottery. All right, Cree Brad, I got you. <laughs> I was born in the U.S. of A, baby. Anyways, so uh, I am a U.S. men's national team fan. Um, I do have some love for El Salvador, but that's just because of that's where my roots come from, and I show pride in El Salvador. If His you, chair is white and blue, so yes. And I have also a giant Salvadorian flag. Oh, I actually did not see that because that was behind me. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was left. Anyways, so um, I do have love for El Salvador, but 
my my allegiance stays with the USA. And yeah, of course I love the US men's national team. It's a love-hate relationship right now just because I love what this team has as far as talent goes, but I am not a fan of Greg Broharter. Um, I think that this team has the pieces. They just don't have the mind to get these pieces in the right place to win some silverware. Obviously, a World Cup would be nice, but as of right now, I think this team could definitely compete and qualify for the World Cup and even maybe finish top eight right now. Yeah, I actually believe that. I believe it. Because, I mean, the big issue is, yes, we have the talent, but we obviously need to get these guys playing together. And and once that chemistry goes, I think that this team is going to be very, very interesting to watch in the future. Now, with that being said, man, of all time, who is your favorite national team player? Mm, yeah, you're already staring at me with that stare, that stare there, because um, uh, you already know what I'm going to say. But the player who basically got me to actually, like, enjoy U.S. soccer or, you know, U.S. football is uh, Landon Donovan. And, I mean, I just like his playing style. Like, he was always a speedster, dribbler, you know, and I was always, you know, that kind of player. And that's who I like. And I know how you feel about him, but, you know. I mean, you know how I feel, but not everybody else knows. He hates him. I, I I hate... He I hate, dislikes I, him. I hate, hate is not actually a strong word. It's too soft for what he feels. He's just... Look, I respected Landon Donovan after the first time he retired. And the, the dude retired, maybe, I don't know, I lost count at this point. I'm pretty sure it's three, but I over-exaggerated. But when he retired the first time, I think he was like 31 years old when he retired. 30 or 31 years old when he retired the first time. And I was kind of like, um... I don't know why. I think he can still play. I mean, clearly he's he's a career MLS player, nothing else. Um, but he still could have played. And then he retires, which I was like, okay, that's fine. But then he comes out of retirement, and I understand that he came in when LA Galaxy was struggling and he wanted to come and help his club. But then the thing that I found weird was when he retired the at the time for World Cup qualifying for 2014, the U.S. was struggling, and Landon Donovan retires. And then all of a sudden, not only was he trying to help LA Galaxy, but all of a sudden now the U.S. is in the discussion for to be the first CONCACAF team qualifying for the World Cup. So I thought that was weird timing at first. I just, But then at the same time, I saw what Jurgen Klinsmann was doing, which was he wasn't calling up Landon Donovan because obviously you haven't seen him play, so why would you call a guy up automatically if you haven't seen him play? Pretty much. And then he started complaining. And then people started complaining for him about, no, call him up. We need him in the World Cup. No, we didn't. We had Clint Dempsey. I will, I will honestly tell you, Clint Dempsey is the, is the better American player. And I don't say that because he's also from the state of Texas, but he is a better American player. <laughs> um, but, but aside from that as well, man, just the, I didn't like how that went down. Then he, then he unretired, obviously. And then retired again, and then unretired again, and then retired. Went to go play for Leon, and then now I think he plays for some indoor soccer team in San Diego. Yeah, I think I think that's what he does now. Like he plays indoor futsal. But also along with that, obviously he he partaked in some petty commercials, taking shots at the U.S. because he was just not happy that he did not play for play in the World Cup. And then there was that whole thing where U.S. didn't qualify for 2018. 
And then he did the commercials where he was repping Mexico. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on there. So with all that being said, fuck Lennon Donovan. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> I respect what he was able to do on the field, but fuck you, Lennon Donovan. I, I will never, ever affiliate myself with Lennon Donovan, ever. If he if he wants to get an interview in this podcast, I'll tell him to go fuck himself because I want nothing to do with Landon I Donovan. I would probably have to be sitting right in the middle of it all. Well, it wouldn't happen because we wouldn't invite him. Uh, what if he actually says, hey, can I go ahead and, and do an interview and I would, so I can clarify? And I would gladly tell him to go fuck himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just not a Landon Donovan guy. You know who we are? We were a Memo Rodriguez podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's who we are. I hope to see him in the U.S. men's national team one day. Or maybe for Mexico. I don't care. I'm a Dino fan. I just want to see him out there and succeed. Oh, jeez. Well, okay. Since you asked me who my favorite player is, who would be the one that... Who's your favorite U.S. player of all time? Like you said, I was all sipping on water. <laughs> um, my favorite U.S. men's... Makes it more real. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite U.S. men's national team player is Kobe Jones. All right, all right. So I, I just that. respect this game. He's a very grind. He's he's just a blue collar player. I respected everything that he did. He's someone that I try to emulate my playing style from. So I I mean he was just a player that I liked. Also, fun fact, I have a tattoo of him. So Herfadurf. Yeah, I got got a tattoo right here. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kobe Jones. He's definitely the reason why I became a U.S. men's national team player. Aside Ever. from the fact that I'm. American. For those wondering what the tattoo is, he did not pull down his pants. I promise. It's under his arm. <laughs> all right. So, since we talked about our favorite players of all time, what is, who is a player that you're looking forward to either eventually play for the U.S. men's national team or maybe has been called up, but we haven't really seen much from them yet? Well, you, you already know I'm a, I'm a Barca fan and, well, you know, Conrad de la Fuente. I mean, you can't. That's a good name. Run. That's a great name, actually. I I do like Conrad De La Fuente. We talked about him uh, last week, not that much, but we did talk about him. He scored a goal that that guy basically got called back because supposedly he was offside. Um, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it was, was a, it was a preseason game, so I don't yeah, think it really, really mattered. Still. But it's great to see Conrad playing for Barcelona, nonetheless. But yeah, um, no, that's definitely a player that you're you're everyone's going to be looking to see when he's going to get his call up. No pressure, Greg Prohalter, but. Yeah, he should definitely be at least at least coming off the bench. You know what I mean? But um, Greg, listen to what he says. He's right on this. All right, uh, a player that I'm actually looking forward to seeing is uh, Gio Reyna, who is All right. oh, the yeah. son of Claudio Reyna, who came from a really good that 2002 U.S. Men's National Team. So, so that was a good year, and Claudio Reyna is definitely a really solid player. And now his son is playing for Borussia Dortmund. Um, not necessarily a club that I support, but it's really, it's. I mean, I know what Borussia Dortmund provides, which is they're great at finding young talent and making sure that they are able to produce and play in that high level. Yeah. So I'm definitely excited. I think that's a great club to be with, and I just can't wait to see him finally wear the U.S. men's national team jersey and do his thing because he's looking really solid. You saw him kind of come up, play a little bit more, especially after after COVID, the after they were playing again after COVID, and you're seeing him getting get involved with some players. You see Holland calling him Captain America. But I feel like that's the trend. Like, if you play in Europe and you're an American player, the nickname is instantly Captain America. I wonder how many Captain Americas we're going to have but for the next World Cup. Uh, we, we shall see. Um, but yeah, Gio, Gio Reyna is definitely a player I'm looking forward to. 
All right, to wrap up these intros, man, start, sit, cut. And this one is going to be score a goal, make the assist, or make a save. Well, for me, uh, to start, score a goal. I mean, I, I like to do that. That's my thing. That's my shmi- That's my. That is my thing to go to. Yeah, I did the tongue thing there. Um, sit, make the assist. I do a few of those. There, you know, I do play, you know, winger if I do play a position. But uh, yeah, I, I I would actually do make the assist and I would cut make a save because even if you're not a goalkeeper, you could be a defender trying to stop the ball on the line. I have not done that yet, and. I don't think I defend very well. So even then, I I would probably throw myself and still miss. Okay. All right. For me, I'm going to start making the assist. I actually do enjoy passing the ball. Uh, there's something satisfying being able to contribute. Obviously, scoring a goal is great. I mean, I'm not trying to discredit it, but obviously being the, the key contrib- contributor for that to happen is also very satisfying. Um to sit, I would actually say make the save because I actually play defensive mainly. And um, there's something satisfying of just robbing that 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 joy of scoring a goal from someone. So I definitely say it's very satisfying for me. Yes, you are a joy stealer. Continue. Hey, man. I'm a really good stealer of joy because I've done it plenty of times. Okay, maybe once from the goal line, but I've definitely blocked a lot of shots. <laughs> um, and I will cut scoring a goal. And the only reason why I say that is because I don't score goals very often. I think I, of my whole life of playing soccer, I think I've only scored like four goals. So it's not something I get very often. I I I, I celebrate when I score it because I know it's not going to happen again. But should be five if if a certain someone didn't steal a goal from me. <clears throat> Listen, that was years ago. I had never played outdoor in my life. You know me as street. And as indoor, that was it. So to put some some perspective in here, I had a shot. I took it. Was the ball rolling slowly? You bet. But no one was stopping it. So it was going to go in. And then in the final moments, as the ball's about to cross the line, Edward goes in and kicks it My in. My dumbass goes and I was offside. I didn't even know I was offside. I didn't even know it was offside existed. So now in Sunday league. So now only was that a goal that he robbed from me, his best friend. But that was also a goal that was going to win the game. We didn't... <sighs> we were not. Anyways. Uh, oh, we were going to win that game. We were in the final minutes of the game. Okay, and then how was our record of the whole season? I would be able to take pride that I was able to contribute in our first win of the season. <laughs> and for the rest of the season and the games before that game? We weren't a really good team. No, we were <laughs> We were not. That, I contribute that to the team. Everybody had their own their own mentality of how to do things, and that's probably what caused us to go down. But I apologize for taking that goal. I will give it to you later whenever we play again. I highly doubt it's going to happen, but all right. All right, let's get into some headlines, man. So one thing I've noticed, man, a lot of these headlines are depressing as fuck. But anyways, we'll get to it. Look how we just kind of sat there in silence because we were both looking at this like... Yeah. So I'm sorry if we're going to be a bunch of Debbie Downers today. So our first headline is Cristiano Ronaldo scoring his 100th goal. Actually, technically 101 because he scored two goals in that game. Internationally for his club or his international team in Portugal. See? And everybody knows that iconic moment. Um, if you don't, then just 
Google Cristiano Ronaldo and see. And yeah, you gotta make sure you have a lot of eyes in there. Yeah. Anyways, so with that being said, man, Cristiano Ronaldo hits 101 goals. He is now nine goals away from passing Ali Dae from Iran, who currently has 109 goals. And I apologize for my friend here if he butchered that name. I think it's actually pretty close, man. Dae, I think. You know, that's in, that's in, I didn't say day. At least I didn't say that. That would have been disrespectful. At least I attempted it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. So, yeah. He currently has 109 goals. But that is not the record for international goals. Say what? Yep. The goal for international goals is 186 goals. And it is currently held by Canadian women's national team captain, Christine Sinclair, who also plays for the Portland Thorns. Ooh. Okay. So... Do I think Cristiano Ronaldo is going to ever hit this goal? No. I, I, maybe. Just a maybe. But you also have to throw in the fact that Christine Sinclair is still playing. She's 37 years old. And knowing most women soccer players, they, they play pretty far out. What? This race, she might as well just hit the 200 mark. I, and I honestly think she could. She's only 14 goals away. She might as well hit 200. Uh, well, I mean, I still don't want to take out Cristiano Ronaldo out of the running of that. Because, I mean, the dude is, what, to hit 40. That was his goal, to hit 40 and still be playing in the national team. Well, if you say that, though, he's currently 35 years old. And he's going to be, you know, he wants to play till he's 40. Let, let's, let's just say that Christine Sinclair just decides to retire. I mean, she could probably look back at her career and be like, you know, I, I had a pretty good career. Might as well just, you know, lace up the, you know, no longer put the boots on no more and just call it a day. You mean hang up the boots? Hang up the boots. That's what I was looking for. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, shut up. Anyways, so let's just say it's at 186. If Cristiano Ronaldo were to try to attempt this, he would have to at least average maybe un, maybe 15 goals. 15 to 20 goals? 15 to 20 goals a year. In his final years as in, a player. In the national team, though. And then that would also have to factor that he would have to be consistently playing for Portugal. Yeah. And I mean, he has to play every game for Portugal. Not only tournaments, but you're talking about, like, the little uses games that no one cares about either. Olympics. I don't know. Olympics doesn't count. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, fuck me, right? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Cristiano Ronaldo would have to score a lot of goals in order to even hit where Kristen and I don't think Kristen Sinclair's done. So I think she's going to keep playing and she she could hit 200 goals by the time she hangs them up. Yeah, I believe it. So, but there's something. You know, with this being said, man, I've noticed that not many people are talking about Kristen Sinclair's uh goal record which I'm shocked that no one is. They're just highlighting Ollie's record which I'm I'm not trying to disrespect it. I mean, 109 goals is still a lot of goals for someone's career. Uh, internationally, but the top ten goal, re- the top ten international goals, is all women except for Ali. Seriously? Yeah. You have Abby Wambach. You have Mia Hamm. The list just is just a lot of women players, and so I think that there's a lack of respect for for women players, and I mean there's just a lack of respect for women's soccer in general because obviously you have people that talk about how. The NBA was the first league in America to play, which is wrong. The NWSL was the first professional team league to start. They were play- They were already getting. They already had their whole thing set up 
way before the MLB figured they were going, the MLB was going forever to figure out how they're going to figure out how to pay the players. NBA was still trying to figure out what they were going to do. NWSL were able to start a tournament, able to cover the 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 uh, salaries of the players, were able to provide them for, with medical benefits not only for them but for their families, and were able to provide housing for those families to stay in Utah while they were playing in the tournament. Oh man, that's that's awesome. So for that being said, man, like the fact that there, no one's no one talks about the NWSL, and they and then you still have people that would blindly say that the M, the, the NBA was the first league to play which is completely false and clearly false because if you you just ha- you can just literally google nwsl challenge cup and when it started and just google when the restart started for the nba and you would already know that by the time that the nba started playing nwsl was probably like near the end of their tournament damn that's a, that's a, that's pretty epic right there so it's, it's pretty disrespectful in my opinion i think just give prop where props are due um shout out to chris and sinclair 186 goals. Props. You're the goat. Um, NWSL, y'all were the goats for for doing everything and doing it right. No hiccups. At least they can say that because the NBA has got players trying to sneak people into their hotel rooms, trying to break protocol, going to strip clubs to eat wings. Like, <laughs> damn, I'm hungry for wings now. Thanks. Yeah, I could go for some pluckers right now. <laughs> Anyways, but that's the point, man. Just give respect to women in soccer. I think that they at least deserve that. Give them the credit where credit is due. And this isn't me trying to disrespect the NBA and saying that they, they did things poorly. They did a good job. They're, they're still doing a good job. But it was not at the level of the NWSL. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, uh, I guess maybe the, the NBA and all the other leagues are more highlighted than the NWSL for the fact that, you know, more scandal may happen there. I mean, I understand that they're going to highlight it because that's the the major. Not not only that is it a major sport, but it's all in the in at least in the in America, but it's also you know you're talking about women's sports, which people tend to show some some lack of respect to it, and so. But the fact that you, ha- I think it's weird that that this country doesn't respect its women's soccer league or women's soccer in general because I mean, they're the ones providing World Cup titles. They're the ones where everybody wants American women's players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tottenham just got Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan. Manchester United just got Tobin Heath and Christian Press. Manchester City got Rose Lavelle, Mewis, I believe another player that you might know of. Uh, um, I follow her on Instagram, Amber Kia. It, yeah. American players are the ones that people are in demand, are in, demand in, in Europe. To me, it's just crazy to think that we don't give them the respect that they deserve. Because, I mean, people are always asking, like, which this is a quote from Kobe Bryant, by the way, which was, hey, you know, when do you see the USA winning World Cup? And his quote was, we already have. Yeah. So that's that's where I'll end it there with that rant. But let's go, go into a new headline. And I can't believe we're actually going back-to-back weeks in talking about Mason Greenwood. Double yikes. Jesus Christ. So this time around, Mason Greenwood had a video release of him inhaling laughing gas. Just like, why? I mean, I don't... Uh, the laughing gas is, is obviously something that is is not good. But I mean, why record it? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I... And apparently this was a snap for like Snapchat. Like, 
he either put it on a story or he sent it to someone, which either way is dumb. It's kind of like you doing that, and then you have your work people and your bosses on your Snapchat. It, it's it's <laughs> literally what it is. That's literally what it is. It, it was just like, hey, boss, look at me. I'm getting high or something. I don't know what you do with that. Yeah, so, so I just imagine Joker laughing, and that's all. Yeah. So Mason Greenwood now has this issue, and then, of course, what happened with England where he got kicked out of the camp for breaking COVID-19 protocol when he was trying to sneak in some women into his hotel room. And now you have this happening. And to be honest, man, I would hate to be his agent. Oh, yeah. No, that dude's suffering right now. He's trying to clean up. I mean, he, I mean, clearly he tried because, you know, obviously Mason Greenwood had to issue an apology, which obviously you kind of have to do it. It's not necessarily like it's expected you're supposed to apologize, but obviously he's going to face some sort of punishment. Not only does he get punished for by not play, not being able to play for England, but I'm I'm gonna say that he might not be getting even put on the bench for Manchester United. I, I think they're gonna force him to watch. So I think they may actually take him just on the bench. And even if let's say you got a player that he can actually sub out, they're gonna use somebody else. So he could just sit there and watch. But the thing is, I don't and even I, think that's gonna happen. I just think he's gonna be put on the reserves. Um, he could be too, and maybe they might even lower his pay, make him pay a fine. Oh yeah, that for sure is gonna have to happen. But yeah, so Mason Greenwood, man. Again, we're talking about Mason Greenwood. Hopefully, I hope we don't have to talk about him for a third week. Maybe he gives money to charity next week. I don't know. Yeah, at least for something positive. If we talk about Mason Greenwood. I hope it's for something positive, not not for him doing some stupid shit. I get it. He's young. I I know we we've all been young before. We all done stupid shit when we were young. Not laughing, guys. But yeah, no, definitely not. Not, not definitely not laughing, guys. I mean, my form of laughing is by watching a Seth Rogen movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, going into stop talking about this. Now we're gonna talk about Mbappe, which isn't also not good news either. Basically, but, let's just put it this way: we got some bad news along the way. Yeah, it's a lot of bad news. So we have Mbappe who tested positive for COVID nineteen. And uh, PSG is pissed. I'm obviously they're bad because their their star players tested positive for COVID nineteen. But the French Federation didn't inform them about it. They actually had to find out through the media. So they didn't even find out through the actual where they need to find out from. Yeah, like the, the direct source. They had to find it through a second source. And I'm assuming that they that Mbappe was already practicing with PSG because you have. Neymar, Icardi, Di Maria, Paredes, Navas, and Marquinhos all tested positive for COVID-19. Jesus. So, yeah, it's not looking good, and I can understand why PSG is pissed off because obviously if they had known, hey, your star player has COVID, oh, let's go ahead and get things going so we can make sure that, A, he's still training, but he's following the proper protocols, but, two, the rest of our team that we spent a bunch of money on is also going to be safe. Yeah, basically, you got a, a lot of faces there, a lot of uh, faces for that team. And so the question for me is, can PSG compete without, because these are important players that we're listing here, and they already played against Lens. They lost one to nothing, and we'll we'll get to their, their other game, which was a big game, is Le Classique. But can PSG compete? I mean, obviously, these guys are going to get back, and, and, and once they're 100%, they're going to go back to winning... Legoon, like it's business as usual, but obviously this is going to be a big, big hurt for this team. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think they can actually make it, but not without their main players, Mbappe, Di Maria, Neymar, um, 
Paredes, Keylor, Navas, you know, they, they, they can't make it with those main players. They, they can make it. It's just I don't think they can actually hold that championship if all these players are gone for the whole season. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, what's going on with PSG um, as we follow them through, through this whole season. And I mean, remember what I said in one of my predictions? I mean, I said PSG wasn't going to... I don't think they were going to make it next year into the Champions League. I think that was one of my predictions from last week. What? So. We didn't even talk about Ligue 1. Oh, well, that's my prediction now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Have you been, have you, have you been inhaling laughing, guys? Uh, I was hanging out with Mason Greenwood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so we're going to stick with a player from PSG, and that's Neymar, who left Nike after 15 years to sign with Pumas. Oh. Uh... So, I mean, that's, that's big. I mean, that's crazy to think that this guy literally spent 15 years with Nike. Obviously, Nike has, has done a lot with, with Neymar. They created his cleat that they, they did a crossover with the, Brand Jordan. And, and, I mean, I think when he was 13 to when he was in Santos, when he first started out in Santos, I think they actually got cleats for all the players that were in there just because he was in that team, just because he masked them. So they did a lot for him when he first started out. Yeah, that's insane to think. I think just because, like, I mean, Puma, I think, is a brand that, I mean, if you're Brazilian, you think of Pele as another player that once rocked Puma. So I guess he's trying to stick with the history that Puma has with he, Brazil. He did drop a lot of big names. I mean, Maradona, Pele. Um, so I, I think he, he he's actually so there, trying to continue that king. There's still, know, there's a, there's a lot of legends when it comes to the game of soccer that, that has with, that's been with Puma. But now you're adding, because Puma's, been kind of trying to get things going with their brand, trying to, I guess, compete with Nike and Adidas and maybe even throw Under Armour there because I think that that's even a team that they're uh, a brand that they have to compete with now. And, um, but I think the roster that Puma has right now is, is ridiculous. Um, some of the, some of the names that you can highlight is, you know, Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman, uh, next basketball star, promising basketball player in RJ Barrett. Uh, Usain Bolt. I mean, that. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to be competing in the Olympics anytime soon. But still, that's a big I mean, name. That's to a have. big face to have, though. And then even musical artists like you're talking about Big Sean, Jay Z, Selena Gomez. Wow, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Selena Gomez, and of course the late Nipsey Hussle. So it, it definitely a, a big group. And now you're piling on with what is said to be the future. Well, I guess you can't really say he's the future because I think he's like what 28 now. Um, but Definitely, like, the guy that's going to take over once Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo step down. But, I mean, in Brazil right now, that's basically who they got to look up to to be, like, the next, uh, I guess you could call him the next Ronaldo, you know, the best basically yeah, the I mean, next he's, icon. He's, he's the next Brazilian Brazil. icon, for sure. So, I mean, that's that's pretty big. But what, what does that mean for Puma, for them to be able to get Neymar? I mean, think about it. They have Luis Suarez. They have Antoine Griezmann. Those are two big names in Barcelona. And, I mean, now they got Neymar. Neymar's uh, basically a trademark in himself, you know? I mean, he has the, the Neymar Jr. clothing now also. And Which I'm sure Puma's going to be helping. Oh, yeah, they're going to help out with that for dude, sure. Honestly, I did check out the website just, just to check it out. And they already got his shirts and stuff like that with the NJ on it as a pre-order. So, I mean, for sure, people are going to be, 
hopping on the Puma bandwagon for sure. Neymar, who, Neymar fans who are like truly Neymar fans, like they're like Neymar this, Neymar that, they're going to jump on it no matter what because they're just following whatever Neymar does. So for sure, for sure. All right. So adding on to our final headline, and we're going to be talking about Liga MX, which for those who don't know what Liga MX is, is it's the Mexican soccer league. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> it, well, you might as well keep playing that because you're... All right, so a player got injured severely. He's out for five months due to an ankle injury, a very grueling oh, ankle it, injury. Dude. Oh, my and, God. And I'm trying so hard to, like, not try to laugh when I hear this name because obviously I feel terrible that this man went through it. But um, his name is Jorge Burrito Hernandez. Well, I mean, I don't laugh at it at all. If you I laugh just, at burritos, these, just burrito. These, these, these nicknames that they give to players is just is baffling to me. I wish I had a nickname like that. I mean, <laughs> but just Jorge Burrito Hernandez, just like, yeah, you know, they call me burrito. Why do they call you burrito? I like burritos. I, I, that, I, I don't know if that's the reason, but you know, <laughs> maybe it's like, he sleeps in a blanket. It's and like it's like a burrito, and that's why people call him burrito. It's like it's like Tecatito Corona. Yeah, I mean... They call him Tecatito because I guess it's like a joke because his last name is Corona, but... I, I don't know. I think it was because he comes from that side of town. No, it's it's literally like a little Tecate. No. It's literally what they call him. But yeah, it's, it's just pretty... It's, it's interesting. But anyway, Jorge Burrito Hernandez is the captain for Pachuca. He broke his ankle in a game against Cruz Azul, which they lost one to nothing. Um, so they're going to go five months without their, obviously, their captain. And it wasn't even like an injury that he hit another player or anything like that. He just slid it trying to get the ball. And as soon as his foot snagged onto the grass, it just, he just yeah. twisted. It was bad. Yeah, it was an awful injury. And no, everybody was basically freaked out. I mean, even the opposing team, they were just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Like, this just happened in front of me. What the hell just it, it was it was a crazy ass injury. Yeah, so it's unfortunate, how, but you how know, how long is he gonna be out? Five months. Fuck. So I mean, it's an unfortunate incident, but you know, injuries happen. It's 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 a, it's just like any other sport. Personally, it's been a while since I've seen a broken ankle, even if it's a foul or if it's just been like a sliding. Well, yeah, but I mean, like it's just you never know what's gonna happen in these games, like. I've heard of like broken toes or like, oh, you know, the tibia is a sprained ankle. I've heard of those, you know, like maybe shin splints. But then all of a sudden this happened. It's been a while since I've seen like a broken ankle like that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, let's get going with some games. So just to give some people some reference, because I'm sure they're like, hey, why don't you talk about this game or what about that game? Um, There was a few games that were actually postponed for this past weekend. And at least for the La Liga games that were postponed, which the teams that were that were part of that was Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, Getafe, and Elche. Now, the reason why they that they postponed those games was because they were giving those teams breaks because they competed in European competition. So Champions League, uh, Euro, uh, Euros, and Elche's reason was because they were also competing for promotion to La Liga. So that was their reason for why they were postponed and for the EPL they they have a a similar reason but they have a 30 day rule so when if you have been if you played a game an international tournament so same thing Champions League uh within 30 days um if it's if that's when you're supposed to play they'll give you they'll postpone that game so you'll play that another game and those those games were Manchester City versus Aston Villa and Manchester United versus Burnley which I was kind of confused when they said that for teams that were competing in Champions League because I was like, well, Liverpool 
competing in Champions League and they played their game. But then I saw that they had a a, a 30-day rule. So they actually, you know, which, I mean, I guess makes sense. But at the same time, I'm like, not really, because I think they still had a, a good amount of time to get rested and train up for this season. But interesting nonetheless, right? Yep, exactly. But so let's get going with the games we will be talking about. And as I stated uh, just recently, Liverpool, we're going to talk about them. They end up beating Leeds United, the newly promoted Leeds United, what team that everyone's been kind of interesting to follow right now because they've had such an amazing story as they got promoted. Um, they beat Leeds United 4-3. to yeah, I'm surprised about the score, actually. I was, I was thinking it was basically going to be a shutout, but um, a lot of that from what I can recall, was uh, uh, defensive, uh, uh, how do I say, defensive errors. Well, for sure, for sure. But so to highlight, obviously, Mohamed Salah scores a hat-trick uh, in the fourth-minute mark, penalty, in the 33rd-minute mark, and then in, again, another penalty in the 88th-minute mark. So probably not the most brag-worthy hat-tricks, but still a hat-trick nonetheless. And that last penalty was the one that put him up top. Yeah, for sure. But just a little stats to highlight. So Liverpool outshot Leeds United 22-6 to in, in just shots in general. And it's just kind of, it's crazy to think that, you know, Leeds just kind of took advantage of the opportunities that were given to them. Obviously, this is, I feel like this is more of a positive, even though it's a you know, losing effort, it's more of a positive for Leeds United than it is a positive for Liverpool. I mean, they played a more, um, how do I say, like, conservative game they didn't just shoot like wildly you know they didn't just shoot and, and shoot and shoot and shoot and even if they was going outside they were trying to aim for the goal no yeah for sure about that it just kind of sucks because you know like I, I obviously Liverpool won they did what they needed to do to win the game I think it's just the fact that everyone's just like oh it's this newly promoted team and Leeds United um for them to go toe-to-toe with this game um, I mean, but obviously you feel like this wasn't one of the best performances of Liverpool, which is kind of weird to say that in a winning effort. Even Virgil van Dijk was, he was the one that, you know, that's something you don't expect out of supposedly one of the best center backs in the world. No, exactly. And it's kind of crazy to think that like you, you, if you're Leeds United, you, you see this more as a good, uh, this, this loss more as a positive than it is for a negative because yeah. they just got back into the EPL and for them to go kind of back and forth with last year's champion, you know, you you take that as a, you know, it's a moral, I guess a moral victory is the right word to use for Leeds United. Yeah, and I mean, Liverpool actually has a squad for a good few years. And they don't, it's not just like, oh, hey, last year and then this year, they're just going to completely suck. No, like they got a good squad and it's a pretty built squad for them to go basically toe-to-toe. Like with them, like you said, it's a moral victory. They get to... They get to at least say, okay, we managed to do this, so that's going to give them some confidence to go up against the next team, whoever's coming up next to them. Exactly. Like, they're right now they feel like, hey, we were there. Like, that, it's a... It's hide it, dude. Like, it's like, um, uh, okay, I'm, I'm sure not a lot of people are, like, wrestling fans. I mean, neither are me and Edward, but we used to watch wrestling when we were younger. But you remember when Shelton Benjamin almost pinned Triple H and he he did the little, like, almost... Almost hand hand gesture to yeah. that's literally what I thought. Like, even though you're 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 going toe to toe with with one of the best in the game, and but you're Time almost there. The game. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda of, it's kinda of funny how I'm comparing Liverpool to Triple H, but it's actually a pretty fitting 
With, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the man has pedigree. Yeah, I guess you could. I guess you could. Yeah, you could say that. All right. Anyways, all right. So that is the Liverpool game. The second game, we're actually going to talk about Liga MX. This is actually something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, you were surprised so, about that. I was. I was actually surprised. <laughs> but um, we're going to talk about America drawing with Toluca one to one. Which I mean, You're, I do support Toluca. Yeah, let's say you support so, Toluca. So I mean, obviously, I, I would prefer a win, but. You know, you know, you collect the point. They're still, in, you know, Toluca's still in a, in a position to make it to the playoffs. So obviously, that's what they at least want, especially for Liga MX. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about America in this one more than about Toluca. But America had possession of this game. They had sixty nine percent possession, which is a nice, nice possession number. Um, they also outshot Toluca thirteen to eight. And for them to come, clearly they were the more aggressive team. Toluca just went in there and just defended um, and, and, you know, collected. I think they feel like, especially because Toluca scored the last goal, to mm-hmm. the goal that tied it up. Yeah. So I feel like they robbed, they were more like we robbed, we stole two points away from America. And America is kind of, they needed to win this game. They did. Um, especially when you're looking at their next four games, because their next four games is El Clásico, Chivas. Chivas, yeah. So that's going to be, I think this might be another game we're going to be talking about next week. Yeah. Um, then following that, you got Cruz Azul, Pumas, Leon. All f- uh, at least for Cruz Azul, Pumas, and Leon, there's those are three teams that are currently contesting at least for that first place spot in Liga MX. And then uh, Cruz Azul and I think Pumas actually won this past week. So, so I mean, just adding on, and plus Leon is one of the better defensive teams. Yeah, they're in in, in Liga MX. America is actually a pretty good goal scoring team. But they have given up a lot of goals as well, which is kind of one of the reasons why they're in the position that they're in is they're just not, which is kind of the, the rule of the game is, you know, score more goals than the other team. Yeah. But um, clearly they're not just, they're not defending at least as good as they want to be defending. I mean, that's, it's a tough schedule for America. Which I mean, is crazy to think because you you have, you know, Ochoa, you have, you have one of the best goalkeepers in Mexico. And clearly, I don't think it's necessarily on him. I think maybe it's just mainly just defensive issues. Because um, I just, part of me, I just don't like blaming goalkeepers a lot. Um, I think it's kind of lazy to blame. I mean, if it's just a really bad goalkeeper uh, attempt to save it, I mean, that's on them. But I feel like, especially when you're talking about like defending, that goes to like the team defensively. And, and clearly, they're giving up a lot of goals, even being a tough a top team in the in Liga MX. Yeah. And to give up as many goals as they've given up, it's not a good sight. Yeah, it's, I mean, um, but I think their upcoming schedule is going to be pretty aggressive. Like, it's going to be a physical, physically demanding, mental, they're going to have to remain calm so they don't get into red cards everywhere here and there. Because honestly, I mean, think about it, Chivas and America, if it starts getting to that point where they're 1-1, and it's like the last 20 minutes of the game. You already know they're going to start trying to chop people. No, yeah, Chivas is definitely going to... That's going to... It's, it's kind of important to highlight that game because that's obviously... That's their rivalry game. That's their biggest... One of the bigger matches in, in Liga MX. But, you know, obviously then you have the the Mexico City rivalry. Yeah. Um, And then, like I said, with Pumas and Leon, they're, they're also two two teams that are competing for that first place spot in Liga MX, and they look really good right now as well. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I was like, America has it pretty tough. Because so. I believe Puma still hasn't lost a game. 
Yeah, I think you're right about that one. I have to double check my math on or my math. My I, I know. I, that, I think. Yeah, it, I think right. for sure because I know Leon. They lost one game, but they've been really good defensively, which is the reason why they've been able to stay on top. But I believe Pumas has yet to have lost a game, so it's going to be really interesting to see how how Liga MX. I'm, I'm not even an America fan, but I, it's going to be interesting. I mean, just in general, man. You know, we're supposed to talk about all soccer, and Liga MX is part of the soccer world. So, and it's a fun league to watch. I think if people if they, they're not entirely sure of Liga MX, just watch a game. I guarantee you're going to like it. Gonna... It's like a uh, fast-paced, aggressive game. For sure. A lot of counterattacking. I think their game has definitely evolved from when we were, we were younger, but definitely oh, yeah. it's a it's a fun league to watch. If if you haven't watched League IMAX, I mean, you're missing out on some good good soccer right there. Yeah. All right. Now, the last game, which is Le Classique. I like how I say that. <laughs> As I like how he says that with a freaking, he does a freaking hand gesture, like like a little fancy, he has a <laughs> pinky out and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Snooty as Le Classique. And it's Olympic, Olympic Marcial. And, <laughs> <laughs> I like I, and, I, and I butchered that badly. Okay. Olympic, Olympic Marcial. Olympic Marcial ends up beating PSG 1 to nothing. Uh, this is the first win from, from Marcial since 2011. Yeah, against PSG. Yeah, it was, it's been, what, nine years? It's nine been a long years. time. And I mean, that kind of just shows you at least a good reference of when the money started cashing in for PSG. Yeah, and, and then that's the thing. It's like, um, it goes to show you as well, like missing Mbappe, um, you know. This is also PSG's second loss in a row. Yeah. And also, PSG has failed to score a goal. Yeah, I was, I was, uh. They, they, they it's score, one to nothing. It's two games that you lose one to nothing, but still. Let me tell you something. They did score one, but it was an old. Uh, it, he was offside. I, I looked at it. I completely agree. It was offside. And then Marcia scored another one. And that one, was called, to me, was not offside. Yeah. I don't that think, one I don't was think, actually on the line. He was I don't on even the line. Think with they, the I don't even think they bothered. No, they didn't even check the VAR. That's yeah. why I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, but there was some VAR. There was some fun. <laughs> but uh, just to highlight this game, so we did have Neymar, Paredes, and Di Maria play. Yeah, the ones with the tested positive for COVID. Yeah, so they did play in this game, so clearly they, they didn't have it as severe as other players that were that did test positive for PSG. My thing was, but yeah, it was all up on Neymar's face, and I'm like, this dude is not worried about no COVID. He is legit. Just But Di Maria, man, I feel like if, if they... And this game was a complete disaster near the end, but... If they look at some of the... Di Maria spit at a player. I actually didn't see that. Yeah, so so Di Maria, which I feel terrible because Di Maria is one of my favorite players. Um, and for him to do that is just very tasteless. Obviously, what was going on with the pandemic, um, obviously not the brightest thing to do, but he did spat no. at a player, which is um, which is disappointing to, to hear that. But like I was saying, this ended in a disaster. A, a fight broke out. Uh, this game did get physical. There was frustration, obviously, from PSG side because, you know, they're they're not winning this game, and so it's it, a, a fight broke out. And um, there was five red cards that were issued. There was two players from Marseille, which was Amavi and Benedetto. Benedetto, and then Benedetto came in as a sub too. Mm-hmm. He came in as a sub, and uh, but he got he got ejected out because then he was like. Um, I think it was just pushing and shoving and mm-hmm. shit. And then for shit. and then for PSG was Kurzawa, Paredes, oh, yeah. and Neymar. That's who Benedetto I think was starting shit with was Kurzawa. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Neymar, of course, was because he slapped the back of Alvaro's head. 
So to give, uh, apparently, I'm, I'm there, I haven't heard anything official yet, but according to Neymar, at least, um, yeah, Al- Alvaro Gonzalez, I think it was Gonzalez, right? Yeah. Um, Alvaro said something racially abusive he, to Neymar, basically from the get go, from the very from the first foul. Like it was technically like when they were first running with each other, and then that's when they were just talking and talking and talking to each other. So that was the reason why Neymar slapped uh, Alvaro, which led to him getting red card. Which first, first that can't was... well. This is where VAR came into play. So they had to figure out who they were gonna red card or who 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 was responsible for something yeah, that and happened. The assistant ref called in the main ref and said, "Hey, hey, hey, you need to come check this out." And he saw. He saw he, he issued the red cards already to Amavi, Benedo, Kurzawa, and Paredes, and then went to go do VAR and saw that Neymar slapped uh, Alvaro out of his head. And so then he issued, like issued a red card to Neymar. Neymar, as he's walking out, he's yelling out, racist, 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 um, which, you know, obviously everybody's confused as hell. He was when, trying to talk to the ref that was actually on the sidelines, mm-hmm. talking about, hey, racismo, racismo. Like he was trying to say that he had said something racist to him. And then he walked back in. But once again, if if this is found to be true that Alvaro did in fact say some was racially abusive to Neymar, you hope to see a a massive punishment for him, for sure missing games and obviously a fine. Um, but does that does that mean what Neymar did was was valid? Of course not. Um, you know, obviously he he's he's a very important player to to PSG, and for him to do that and and risk the possibility of him not playing any any further games. Now he's already suspended for one game. I'm sure he's going to get a little bit more suspension, especially for hitting a player. Um, so it's not going to be a good look for him. Um, you're hurting the team more, and this is kind of adding more to, like, <laughs> it, 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 this isn't going to help PSG. And obviously you're losing uh, Paredes for a little bit longer, not to COVID, but because of this, and also Kurzawa. So it's, it's definitely... Well, I mean, Kurosawa came in on the second half, anyways. Like he has a sub, but I mean, he he he's still he's still good. He's still uh, somebody that you you may need in the future. So I mean, yeah, they're, they're those three players, and they're gonna be out for the next game. No, for sure, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Alvaro if if for sure it was true that he did uh say some something racially abusive to Neymar. Um, for sure, it's it's gonna it, it's all gonna be interesting how all this breaks down. But I mean, at the end of it all, Marcial beat PSG one nothing, and there's really nothing else you could say for that at this point. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and now end this. Well, not end this. <laughs> we got league previews, and to, we're gonna preview Syria and the Bundesliga. So we're gonna kick things off with our Syria 2020-2021 season preview, and um. For for you, who is that team to watch for Syria? I'm literally lifting with my my arms because I have the shirt on. How is that a team to watch? They're they're obviously gonna do well in the exactly. So, exactly. Well, the thing is, I want to watch. I want to see how Arthur does. Since they ended up switching with uh, Pjanic and Arthur, you mean Juventus with the highest of the season? Which yeah, still to this day, I think it's the dumbest move that that Barcelona did. did. Yo, but I, I mean, agree. Barcelona's loss is PSG's gain at this point. So I, I, I can agree with you at that. So for me... And then plus, I mean, you got Pirlo as a manager. I want to yeah, see how that Yeah, that's goes. actually... Now that you add that... Okay, I agree with you now because I, I just you were just saying that just to say PSG. No, and then... I mean PSG. Uh, PSG. <laughs> Juventus. No, and then um, and they're friendly, I think. Uh, they won 5-0. So, I mean, but that's a friendly. 
Um, <laughs> for me, the team to watch, and you're going to say it's somewhat biased, but I'm going to say AC Milan. And the reason why I say that is because they're getting younger players, a lot of younger players. They got they got Brahim on loan. And there's some loan players, that obviously. And then you got Sandra Tonali, the, the, the future Pirlo, the next Pirlo is what they've been labeling him for. But, I mean, he's been playing great. Um, and now he's going to be playing with one of the, well, at, at one time, one of the best teams in, in Italy. And obviously they're trying to get back in there yeah. into that conversation. Um, obviously they still have Donnarumma. They have Zlatan for another <laughs> another few years, which is exciting to see. I think uh, Zlatan is going to be a big key for this team. But, I mean, the team's getting younger. The team is looking to get faster, I think. What, uh, about, what about Brahim Diaz? That was a player I already mentioned, but yes. No. It's going to be definitely going to be interesting to see what AC Milan does uh, this season. Do I think they're going to win the title? No, but <laughs> I mean, qualify for a European competition, I think, is definitely where I think I can I can say these 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 guys want to land at, at least. That should be the goal for them. I mean, if you ask Latan, Latan's going to say to win the league. Yeah. Yeah, Latan's like, Latan will make sure we win. Well, I mean, he's a proven winner. So. Yeah, he is. I mean, he does. All right, so for you, what who is a player to watch? I mean, I already said it. I mean, I'm a Dybala fan, you know, but honestly, I want to see what Arthur can do in Juventus. I want, I want to see what he can bring to the table because I know he 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 brought it in in Barcelona. He has it, and now that he's in a whole different league, and a, and at a young and a very young age, should you know give that experience. The next thing you know, they'll probably resell him for a very high price to Barcelona, and Barcelona will be well, dumb enough to buy him. You're right. I mean, I, I was going to say, I don't know if you want to sell him, but I mean, Juventus, they're the, they're the well-oiled machine. They always have like... They have the backups of the backups. But they always, they, that they have, they have backup. I mean, especially in the midfield. I'm pretty sure there's, there's, I'm pretty sure they have like three midfield groups already. Let me put it this way. They're the Bayern Munich of the Serie A. No, I, I agree with that. But, uh, but yeah, so for my, for me, the player to watch, which I would want to say Weston McKenney, mm. but I kind of worry that he's not going to play as much. Uh, at least, I mean, Juventus is a smart move for them to do a loan, but with potential to sign yeah. uh deal with, with Schalke to bring in Weston McKenney, which it's, it's, it's just great to see, to see that for him, but obviously being the first American player to play for Juventus, uh, we're just, USA is breaking some milestones right now this yeah. year. Um, but for him to to be put with Juventus, but that's a stacked midfield. Um, I'm sure. Yes, he offers a different different quality than Arthur. I think. I obviously I feel like he's more of a defensive minded midfielder that can't help with the attack. But the issue is just is he going to get those opportunities as much as um, as you know they're already stacked as it is in the midfield. So that's my concern. But the player that I actually want to highlight, and it's going to go with. Uh, AC Milan is Sancho Tonali. I mean, we know what he can do with Brescia. I mean, we know that uh, once again, this guy is labeled to be the next Andrea Pirlo. Yeah. And so we're going to see what he can do with a, I guess you can say, a better club than Brescia and, um, and see what he can do with AC Milan as they're trying to build something with what they have right now. Yeah, I, I can, I agree with that. You, you hit it right in the right in the nail. All right, old prediction time. Hmm. 
Hmm. It's not really much of a bold prediction. Okay, you know what? I guess... I mean, you can't really do bold predictions in City A, in my opinion. You, so, I mean, you could try. Hmm. Huh. Uh, you go first, because I'm still thinking about mine, because it's really hard to come up with one for City A. All right. So, my bold prediction is... Um, Lautaro Martinez will be the leading goal scorer in Syria. Okay, okay. I mean, that's obviously big pressure because obviously you have Cristiano Ronaldo and Juventus who can score the goal. And obviously there's those rumors going around the possibility of Suarez going to Juventus as well. But uh, I, I just, I don't know. I think Lautaro definitely wants his opportunity to go play somewhere else. I know Syria isn't his his final destination for his career. Um, if he can really really set this bar high for him. I think being the leading goal scorer for in Syria will definitely help Inter Milan get some more money if you if you get what I'm trying to get with this. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Well, I mean at that point <clears throat> I mean there's really not much of a bold prediction on my part honestly. All right, just what's your prediction? Uh I guess you could say Juventus would win it all again. But, oh, you know what? Actually, now, my prediction is that Juventus will make it to the Champions League, of course, and they will actually make it to the semifinal. Juventus to the semifinal? Juventus to the semifinal. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll take it. All right, so. What do you think? It's a, it's a good one. Um... Can't say the final because I still don't know what the semifinalists look like. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're if you're trying to guess the Champions League, I mean, no, it's a it's a it's a possibility. I mean, obviously Juventus had bad luck this recent Champions League, but I feel like they they won't, especially with Andrea Pirlo. It's going to be interesting to see um, how this team is going to look. I think it's going to be more attack minded. Yeah, and then the usual. I mean, they're they're obviously going to score goals. I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just saying like. A little bit more than what we see from Juventus normally. Um, but, yeah, so who is your prediction for the winner of Serie I mean, I'm pretty sure we, we already know why. <laughs> and I can't even uh, argue can't with even it because I agree with it as well. I feel like Juventus is going to win the Serie A. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be the standard till someone proves us wrong. Um, Inter is going to try. Um, and I emphasize try with a lot. I mean... Yes, they're going to get Perisic back. Yes, they're going to get some... They got some players. They still have Lukaku and all those things, but... I got Sanchez, too. And I mean, yeah, they, they did get Sanchez on a free transfer. Um, they, they did some good things. I mean, obviously, they made it to the Europa final. They lost to Sevilla, but they got something where they can build off of, but it's just not there yet to compete with Juventus. So right now Juventus is just in a one man race. Right now I feel like um Inter is like they're still having that old school Italian mentality where I it's mean, like it all also power. Does, it doesn't help that they have Conte as their manager as well. Because, yeah. I mean that was once Juventus' manager, but uh yeah, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily bode bode well for, for well, them. I mean, think about it. We always said the Italian league was always about like rough housing and 
like being being powerhouse basically. Yeah, but, but you're starting you got, to see some changes in yeah, that. That's what I'm saying. Like Juventus looks like they acknowledge that change. They got speedsters. They got people who. But actually, you can also say the same thing with AC Milan. But I'm just saying, like Inter, they have the players for it for sure. But the issue is just I just don't think they have that 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 final. They they're they're missing something. I can't tell you what it is, but they're missing something to be like crap. Juventus is definitely gonna have a battle this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll finish second. I'm not saying that they're not gonna have a strong finish. It's just, is it really? It. I feel like Juventus is just gonna coast their way through. They they could probably, maybe Weston McKinney can play some games just because they're just gonna be so far ahead. But I, I just, I just don't see. Well, I mean, we can't count our chickens before they hatch. No, for sure. It. You know, anything happen. I mean, look, obviously, look, right now, PSG. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, look at PSG. But, but, I'm not too. I'm not. I'm. I've never been sold on PSG though. Neither have I. But, 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 but I'm just saying though. Like, we kind of know what Juventus provides, and we know that Inter Miami has something. I mean, Inter Miami, Inter Milan has something, but they're just not there yet. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I get so, you. So there's just that for that. All right. Bundesliga time. All right. Who's your team to watch in the Bundesliga? Well, the thing is, um, I always go for Borussia Dortmund, especially now with, uh, with your boy, Reyna, you know? So, I mean, hey, if he gets minutes in, you know, he may show us something that we have not seen here in the U.S. yet. Pulisic, that I mean, look at look at what he managed to do in that team. And so, I mean, with Reyna in there, well, let's see what happens. So, I mean, it's just it's something I always you know always find interesting. To so, Borussia Dortmund, and, and then you got Jane Sancho. So, I mean, he's well, we don't know for how long. <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> Look, the rumors are going. Well, actually, no. Apparently, Manchester United has now given up on Jaden Sancho because now they're going for Christian uh, for Christian Bale. <laughs> that's probably even better. That, honestly, that's probably better than Gareth Bale, to be honest. They are going to go for Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> I mean, talk like this, and I'm going to be a right winger. Anyway, so so obviously they gave up on Jaden Sancho. Now they're going for Gareth Bale. Um, for me, the team to watch uh, for this Bundesliga. It's not necessarily like a, a a flashy team or a team that would necessarily compete for at least the top three or even that, but I would actually say Werder Bremen yeah. is a team that I'll be looking at, and it's specifically just because Josh Sargent, who is another U.S. men's national team player, um, who needs we need to see a little bit more from him for sure, but he's getting more regular time with the starting 11 up front as a forward, so obviously keep an eye out on him, see what, see what he can do for Werder Bremen. Hopefully he can you know, put up his, his value a little bit more, maybe join in with Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, um, to be part of a, you know, be another big signing for a, a top contender club. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. We'll see. We'll see. There's still, there's still plenty of time. So who is your player to watch? Mm. You know what? Erling Haaland, of course. Okay. I mean, think about it. Dude's so young, and he's been scoring crazy ass goals. It's like I that's mean, also an interesting thing because that's another player that like how 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 sure are you they're gonna stay there? 
Uh, Honestly, I think he may stay there for a while. I mean, nobody, nobody's really well. Okay, let me. I think they're myself. gonna. I think they're gonna wait for a bigger payday because I don't think they're gonna get as much money right now. The thing, the thing is, they usually have somebody to rely on when they have a striker, and once he leaves, you don't really have anybody to rely on at that caliber. Because I mean, think about it. When Lewandowski was there, you had a, uh, you had a Bowman, and then when that Oh my God! Okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> when Lewandowski left, you had Abumayang as the main guy, as the main striker. You know, nah, and, then, I, and then when Abumayang left, you had Cyril Immobile. Yeah, and no, I, mean, I, I, so. com- I completely agree. I think I think Dorman always has Paco Alcacer. Always I mean, has he, always uh, always has a plan B. Yeah. When, but they or may, maybe not plan B seems kind of disrespectful. Maybe plan one A, A one, and then there's A two. Let's put it this way: they just always have a backup striker who is. Basically, at that level or at that caliber, or just a bit below, or maybe they're higher in different aspects. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with that. So for me, the player to watch is Alfonso Davies. Oh, okay. So which is a young Canadian, which, along with seeing players from the U.S. men's national team do well and excel in, in their in their respective leagues and clubs, you know, it's great to see guys that have started in the MLS because obviously there's a MLS player who can't play in Europe thing mentality. And one, he's not even playing his natural position. He's playing left back, but he's actually a winger, which I'm sure in, in, when he plays for Canada, he'll be playing as a winger. But for Bayern Munich, he looks like the best left back. He's got that uh, offensive left back mentality because of, he plays left winger. And um, it is just disgusting how he plays he, he's he's got that crazy speed that he is footwork. so good and for him to have just an amazing year that he got and now he's playing more games especially like the best thing to happen for for Alfonso Davies was because he did move to left back but also with Kimmich moving to defensive midfield um I mean it doesn't really translate because obviously Kimmich played on the right side yeah but it it still opened up that opportunity of he he didn't see it as a downgrade, like oh I'm playing defender now. No, he's like, this is my this is my op- my opportunity to go in and play with the first team of Bayern Munich, and he is a Canadian. He is well, he's from originally from Ghana, I believe, but he he has a Canadian uh, citizenship and be, plays for Canada. Yeah, but and also he's an, a product of the MLS. But not only that, but he is a player from the Concacaf and is showing that hey, Concacaf has. Players. They have the talent. And I mean, you're seeing it more and more. You obviously you see Raul Jimenez doing his thing representing Mexico. Um, you see Alfonso Davies, you see Kaylor Navas, even though people disrespect the man with all things, that dude is a three time Champions League champion. No, no matter what you want to do, you can't take that away from that man. Um, but you're seeing guys from CONCACAF performing. Um, hopefully we see a little bit more from ba- Leon Bailey, uh the Jamaican, but um I think CONCACAF is definitely Another thing that I'm kind of rooting for a little bit more, but it's just great to see these guys that start up in the MLS and going to Europe and showing off that, like, hey, you can find some quality players here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there there are quality players, you know. There's some. There's a lot of them. I can't really name a lot of them on the top of my head, but I've seen them play, and it's just, yeah, man. I mean, USA is blowing up, and they're basically. In Europe at the moment. I mean, we just saw Reggie Cannon go to a team in Portugal 
who is a guy that plays uh, that played with FC Dallas, but now another U.S. men's national team player that's that's moving on to Europe. Um, yeah. And apparently, Albert Felice is actually going to be going to that same club as well um, from the Houston Dynamo. So I mean, once again, MLS players, especially the guys that take advantage as hey, let me play out here because I understand MLS isn't the final location <laughs> for a lot of these younger players. I understand that, um, but they know it. If they want to go compete in Europe, I got to show out here. You know, I think that that needs to be the mentality more often with younger players here in the MLS is just, hey, I get it. I play in the MLS. This isn't the end all be all. I know that I want to play in Europe, but I can't play bad here and expect, you know, like not even Everton to to want to have an inquiry about me. You know what I mean? Like if I want to play in the top, top, like in, in the first flight, the top flight, of any team in Europe, in any league in Europe, I have to perform in the MLS to get even a look. Oh, yeah, of course. And I mean, you can. that's exactly what Alfonso Davies did. He played hard for Vancouver, and then Bayern Munich looked, they were interested, and got and they got their guy. Yeah, I mean, they, they always go for the unexpected players, really. But like I said, man, like there's ways to do it, but I definitely will say Alfonso Davies is going to be a fun player to watch. I mean, remember when we first saw him with Canada? When they were playing, and we were like, "Damn, that dude is fast." He stole. He, he stole the. He was playing with Canada. Canada. Everybody knew Canada wasn't going to compete for for the Gold Cup, but he stole the show. Yeah, I think he, what he was what seventeen, sixteen. Yep. yep. And then that dude. When I saw and him, I don't I was even like, think he's twenty. Dude, he's not even twenty yet. No, he is not even twenty not. yet. So it's Alfonso Davies is a great person to be watching uh, this coming season. Um, what is your bold prediction? If you have one. I mean, this is pretty bold, and it's kind of not 100%. But I have a feeling that Borussia Dortmund will give Bayern a run for their money this year. They're going to be maybe three points behind, and there's actually a chance that they can actually beat Bayern. Okay. And, that's all, and that's always like the fun game to watch, too. Okay. All right, I can see that. So for me, my bold prediction is, and you're not going to like this, but... RB Leipzig is going to finish second. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I like what I'm saying with RB Leipzig. I think that they're a very underrated team. I don't think people have noticed that. And obviously, another American player, Tyler Adams, plays for RB Leipzig. Yeah, Tyler Adams plays there. Uh, but I, I, I like what Didn't, I saw. I like what I saw in the Champions League. Didn't Timo Warner leave from there right now to Chelsea? Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, that's also another team that they always have a guy. And, and and I get all those things, but I think that because they went into the Champions League without him. Yeah, that's true. So I like what I saw from the Champions League. I think that they got something that they can build from. Um, they always seem to have players. Um, I mean, they sell a lot of players just as much as Borussia Dortmund does, and they still find ways to still compete. And so I think that it's going to be a very like close knit battle this year for me for for the top spot in the Bundesliga. I think, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go ahead and say my winner. It's going to be Bayern Munich, but um, I think it's going to be a lot closer than we've seen in in previous years. Yeah, I think so too. Like I said, I honestly think Borussia has a higher chance of actually making it up there. All right, so this these are the previous. I don't think we have any more previews coming up, as far as I know. And, uh, I mean, I think we already covered the major leagues, at least for sure. 
Um, and then probably next time we do previews is probably when we're gonna talk about maybe some playoffs or for some for League IMX or MLS, something yeah. like that. But let's go ahead and wrap up this show with some would you rather. Okay. All right. So we did end up going on Instagram Live. Well, not Instagram Live. I just posted an Instagram story. Um, and I just asked for for some of y'all to give us some uh, some ideas for would you rather. And if you guys haven't yet, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at uh, insert name FC and also on Twitter at insert name FC. I just noticed that like last week, I made the Instagram handle longer than the Twitter handle. Herfadurf. And, and so I was like, man, let's just make it the same one. So I was, it's it's both insert name <laughs> FC. So I think it was because I was like, I don't want people on Instagram thinking that we're actually like a soccer team. Hey, can I join you guys? Do you guys play on Sunday? <laughs> so I think that was my logic, but I'm like, eh, who cares? Insert name FC. So so now for for Instagram and Twitter, it's insert name FC. It's not, you know, they're not the different. So they're both the same thing. Um, but yeah, so you can just, I mean, I might do another uh, Instagram story uh, post, or you guys could just slide into our DM and DMs and give us a, a would you rather just make sure it's in good taste <laughs> oh, shit. did i get some I'm bad assuming, ones i'm assuming you got some bad ones oh i got some bad ones oh, <laughs> so, shit. but uh clearly i didn't use them thank you so this one comes from my good friend maribel over at college station and she asks pork or chicken tamales wait depends though salvadorian or mexican Mexican. Well, well, Mar- Maribel is Mexican, so I'm assuming Mexican, but okay. you can go ahead and throw both. Well, Mexican tamales, I'll have to go with pork. And then the Salvadorian tamales, I'll have to go with chicken. I actually agree with you on that mm. completely because I, ooh, I, I, ooh, ooh, I got a good one. Red sauce or green sauce? Oh, you have to do red. No, you don't. What is wrong Wait, with you? Wait, for which one? Uh, Mexican. The Mexican. Okay. Well, for for Mexican, for you have the green. I go for green salsa. Either okay, even the Salvadorian one, I'll go for the green salsa, the ser- chile serrano. I'll go for that. I love the spicy. I think we use different sauces, bro, because the red one has a pretty good kick to it. No, it doesn't. At least what my family uses. No, it doesn't. It's because y'all from San Miguel. Y'all yeah, put the right. no, hillbillies over there. <laughs> San Miguel's a city, fool. <laughs> y'all re- yours region. Oh my <laughs> god, this boy. Anyways, but no, okay, yeah. When it comes to Mexican tamales, I definitely would say pork. Um, but for Salvadoran tamales, which yes, they ha- they're completely different things. Obviously, with Mexican, they use yeah corn husk, and and then for El Salvador, we use uh banana leaf. Banana leaf. So both taste good. Both taste good. I don't think if I, I'm I not love prejudice on tamales. I love how people like make it so that you have to like pick and choose. Like you have to pick one. Like I don't I don't think it's necessary. Just give me two of each, and I'll be happy. Tamale that you can never say no to a good tamale. So I mean. Yeah, uh, I think when it comes just to... Just make me- sure the chicken is cooked That's and the pork. Just make sure it's cooked. But yeah, for sure. If it's Mexican, for sure pork. If it's Salvadorian, chicken all the way. But uh, all right. So this is going a little throwback to our to our school days. Oh, shh. So, and this is cafeteria, not not like, you know, go to the snack bar or something like that. Okay. Pizza day or burrito day? Burrito day. Hands down, burrito day. They didn't even have to finish the pizza. The pizza, uh, the pizza, sometimes, okay, the pizza was good. Sometimes, when you would bite it, it was like chewing on cardboard. And I was like, what the hell is this? Burrito, though, on the other hand. But there I, was a time where we did look forward to pizza day, though. Yeah, when the burrito day wasn't around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, now, exactly. So this is a this is a fun fact. I think 
at least people that went to school with me, like, you know, when I when we went to school. Whoever went to Houston Independent School District. Uh, yeah. But anyways, so <laughs> fun fact about me. So I was I was a I was a sack lunch kid in in, in high school. I, I brought a bag of lunch. Nerd. I'm sorry that I have a loving mother that wants to make sure her child is fed. Bro, my parents were like, hey, if you get free lunch, you'd go for it. I mean, I had free lunch too, but I just wasn't a fan of school, the cafeteria food. Ex- well, so this is where I'm going to. So primarily, I was a sack lunch kid, except on burrito day. Burrito, every, and it was funny because people knew it was burrito day when I didn't bring a lunch. So like when they see that I'm like going to the cafeteria and going actually getting in line, they're like, oh, it's burrito day. So it was like... Burrito day was just the best day for it. It was like there was nothing beneficial of it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it, it was not healthy. It was burritos and I think it was corn on the side or something. But, but the highlight was the burrito. Cuts. The highlight was yes. the burrito. It was this burnt burrito. It wasn't burnt. No, no. What the hell? What kind no, of burrito did you? No. It, the, the high- Sometimes it had the golden crust. Yeah, that's but it wasn't burnt. Yeah, like the cheese oozing out. Well, that's the thing. What I that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking about the cheese. Yeah, what I would always think of, or what I would always try to do, is I would always try to get to eat the meat side first, then the cheese. I would always go and try to leave the cheese for last. I still do that. To, I still do that to this day when I go to Taco Bell and I get the burrito. I yeah, but that's ahead. not the same thing. We're talking about like. No, I understand that, but I'm saying like that has so you now saved the cheese for last. I saved the cheese for life. Like, that has been imprinted in my mind ever since I was a little kid. Now, some of y'all might think we're crazy talking about cafeteria food, but this is, how, this is how I know that, like, this was, like, burrito day was the best thing, at least for our school, which we both went to Sharpstown High School, even though none of you guys, unless, well, most of you probably will be knowing that if you're from Houston, but my sister, who is currently in her 40s, even knows about she's gonna kill you about for that or you know that right uh, she doesn't care about her age but and that's how cool she is that she does she just doesn't care about that but even she knew about burrito day and what was funny was i I was talking about burrito day one day i think to my niece heidi and my sister literally was like oh man they still did burrito day that's how that's that's how you know people love burrito day at our school Oh yeah, no, burrito day was the bomb. Yeah, for sure. It was it was definitely definitely a day I looked forward to. I always wished I had the the first lunch when it was that one because I never wanted the the after ones. And I still remember if um I would oh. I would buy the burrito for fifty cents for like basically I would use their ID to log onto the thing. I had three IDs memorized in my head. Just so you can get three burritos? Hell yeah, bro. Shit, <laughs> that's come that up. That's how you know that's how you know that was commitment. All right, next one, DC or Marvel, and obviously this is not just the movies. If, oh, if you want to, if you want to go open like that, I hate you. I hate you right now. I'm gonna shoot you with. I said you don't have. It doesn't. You don't have to base it off the movies. You can just uh, say in general. I guess because my favorite superhero, action hero, whatever you want to call oh, it. I'll say, is he really a superhero? <laughs> He has money, all right? Leave me be. It's Batman. Batman, so I have to say DC. All right, if I were to say the movies, which one would you say? The movies? Honestly, Endgame really fucked it for me. I'm not going to spoil anything just in case it's for some forsaken god. No, you know what? It's been out for a while now. It's not a spoiler anymore. It could could be. 
It could be. Somebody who can actually comment. If y'all are listening to this and y'all have not I'm watched sorry, Endgame... I'm sorry, how long has Endgame been? It's been out for a while. But I'm saying, you know... I'm, I'm literally saying, though, if it's been out for... There's for people you. that work and they probably buy the movie and they do not watch it in that instant and they it's still have it wrapped. It's literally on streaming now. It's streaming on Disney+. Plus. Some people don't have that. They just have Netflix. Oh, I I I still don't say it's, lawyer. it dictates. It, I don't think it dictates spoiling. But okay, go on. Well, anyways, it, it, the way it ended, I didn't like how it ended. So you didn't like the ending of Endgame? <sighs> no. Why? Spoiler: the whole Captain America thing. No, that no. It's just the shield. The, the thing with the shield, or he hands. I'm it sorry, out. but that was. There's actually like a comic book that has. I know that. It just even then, I was like, no, like really, bro. Like, come on. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, so you're so you're gonna say you. I'm you gonna say DC, DC because DC also really? has. DC has separate a lot of different really? timelines as well. Yeah. Really. Yes. Batman versus Superman. Yes. That shit show. You rather watch that shit show than Endgame? Well, no, not Dawn of Justice. Fuck that. That that shit sucked. That shit was horrible. That we was... watched. The, we actually went to the movies together <sighs> to watch horrible. that movie. That shit was retarded. Anyways, I cut. I literally cussed in front of Honestly, honestly, I I I rather read the comic books. From when it comes to DC, DC has better shows. They have better comics. I hate to say it, and they do have um. The animated movies are really good. Like when it comes to DC, Marvel has them beat in the actual live action movies, hands down. Aquaman, though, however, was actually a really good uh, live action movie for DC. No, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that was really, I was surprised but at how I good think, it was. I, I, think I, it was I, I mean, so much with DC, the only thing I'd say was because I feel like they rushed to get Justice League going because they felt like they had to compete with Marvel. Just. Take your time, develop your characters. That's the thing, though. With Justice League, you have a lot of people in there. And Avengers, I mean, you saw how much they brought out because they had time and everything. But they developed the characters. They didn't, like, you know, no one knew Cyborg's story. No one really... Dude, are you really going to think they're going to bring out Green Lantern, the Ryan Reynolds edition? Hell to the no. I'm not saying that. I'm not I'm not going off of that, obviously. That dude looked like he was wearing, like, that was like a the Twizzler skin with, like, I mean, the fact that, like, with that, like DC, that DC yeah. allows Deadpool to make to take stabs at it. <laughs> I I honestly agree. I mean, it was no, it but was, I'm just saying that. Like, I mean, like I'm not I'm not DC's arguing, being look, DC's being a, a, a no, what do you call it? but my, my my issue was was that you know obviously they they should have been developed they should have done what what Marvel did where they were able to develop the characters, give them a storyline, get you to like really get to know the character before they all teamed up together. I agree. I agree. But, uh, I mean, no, I agree with you. Um, I, I, I see what you're saying with DC. I personally prefer Marvel. Um, you know, my, one of my favorite heroes came when I, when I was growing up was obviously Spider-Man. Um, but then I became the Punisher fan. Yeah, I remember that. Which, I mean, to this day still, the Punisher is my favorite Marvel character of all time. No one can change my mind about that. But yeah, I I would be more loyal to. I mean, I like DC. I like Batman. I, obviously, Superman. You know, he is what he is. Um, Wonder Woman is another another good movies. Another good movie that he did. Gal Gadot is gorgeous. Is it Gadot? Gal Gadot. She's uh, gorgeous. But yeah, no. Uh, so 
once they were, hey, maybe we should make movies specifically for these characters, people will like it. And I definitely think that they did a good job with Aquaman. Aquaman, like they made Aquaman a badass, which is pretty impressive. Oh yeah, no, hands on. That was legit. Like I said, that was awesome. That is actually right now. I mean, it, it helps when you get the Dothraki too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, no, no. But yeah, for sure, I I get what you're saying with DC. But I, I would definitely say Marvel. I did like the Spider-Man animated series. Pretty much anything that it is. Mar- Marvel, Spider-Man, hands down, my favorite. I think, I think for sure, growing up, I feel like they pushed Spider-Man to our like down our guts. Even my kids know about um, Spider-Man. But also, you know, you had the X, the X-Men animated series was so good. Yeah, it was. But uh, but no, I, I can see what you're saying for DC. But here's the plug. You know, if you want to watch X-Men the animated series, I believe it is on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, actually, I think it is. Um. So, next one. Would you rather step on a foreman grill or get a concussion? Uh, okay, is the foreman grill off? Uh, clearly, no. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, I guess I'll pull a Michael Scott and say, I burned my foot. I'll go, I'll go for, for, for the foot in the grill. I mean, it didn't look that bad wrapped in bubble wrap. You know, you know what I'm saying? It was all right. You know, I had a contusion. Not my foot, you know. Yeah, I think I would be all right. I think I'd be you, all right. You want Ryan's love with pudding? Um, actually, didn't he put some? He put painkillers. Yeah, in. he put painkillers in there, and I was like, my foot. I don't even think it was. I don't even think it was like strong. I, like I think it was, it was like probably, ibuprofen. It was, probably, it was probably ibuprofen, Tylenol, kind of said BC headache powder. <laughs> some of that old school shit. But yeah, I mean, fuck, I was concussion. They didn't overall. have yams in the gas station at Carbondale. <laughs> oh my god, I swear to God, no. But I mean, I come, oh, come on, really, a freaking concussion or a burnt foot? I mean, it, it, I think it's. A, I've it, been through a glass door, bro. I think I'd rather have a burnt foot than a fucking concussion. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily the most thrilling thing in the world is to burn your foot. I don't know. I'm really, fra- I'm really like sensitive with my feet, <laughs> but, but, uh, when thinking about it, obviously, a if y'all didn't catch that, that was me snickering. <laughs> obviously a concussion is, uh, not necessarily something I want to, it's, it's more longer of a recovery time than a burnt foot, I guess. <laughs> it depends on how deep the foot is. It depends on how deep the foot is. No, yeah, for sure. But I, w- I think I would rather step my, <laughs> step my foot on a on foreman grill. Yep. Um. But yeah, that's that's. I think that's a pretty easy one. But it ju- yeah. I just thought it'd be. Thank you for whoever brought that up. It was, like, <laughs> it was that. entertaining. Um. All right. What would you rather be in in an Adam Sandler movie or a Seth Rogen movie? Okay. Now that's actually pretty good. Um... <laughs> I mean, I feel like Adam Sandler right now would be more PG, more PG thirteen. Seth Rogen. You can you can be... pick what era of Adam Sandler if you want. That's the thing. Adam Sandler didn't really have too many R rated movies. I mean, A Crazy Night I think was like his first R rated movie, and after that, it's like. It wasn't uh wasn't Uncut Gems? Uncut Gems. Oh, 
don't think so. Have you seen Uncut Gems yet? I don't know. Wait, wait, which one's that one? That's the like the actual series movie. I don't know why I put my hands out like. <laughs> he's like he's like doing the Godfather pose. It's a whole fucking his hand up there. He's like, but it's enough if you couldn't refuse. You know, fucking. So no, like so. God. Wow, you okay? Oh, you know what? Uncut Gems uh, is on Netflix. Um, wow, well, I, I, I like how we're plugging all these all these streaming services. Um, but sponsorship. Yeah, I mean, think about it. <laughs> um, but no, so Uncut Gems is actually like a legitimate serious movie that Adam like this was Adam Sandler's attempt to win an Oscar. Oh, I have I have it on my watch list. I you have not watched it. it. It is if Adam Sandler doesn't win an win an Oscar, we will write. <laughs> It is a really good performance by him. Well, I guess, I guess maybe because I'm and it, and, it's like I'm of a and it's a little and it's a little it solidifies my argument that comedians are the best actors. Well, then I probably I probably would have to go with Seth Rogen just because like I guess I could probably relate to most of his movies. Stoner movies? No, not. Uh, <laughs> 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 I like how you actually laugh like him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I just, I just feel like his comedy is more raunchy, and that's kind of my my thing. I'm, I mean, if you wanted to I'm say all, that's what she said, and no I mean, dirty jokes, you, and I mean, I'm just saying, like, so, you could have yeah. picked an era, like, if you wanted to be on Mr. Deeds or you wanted to be on Happy Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison. You know what? I have to say, I can't really sit through and watch Billy Madison. Why? I, I is think it cringy? It's the way he talks is really cringy in that movie. No, you mean like when he talks like a little kid? Yeah, uh, like it's 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 it gets really difficult. So I, I'll watch Happy Gilmore. Um, I I love Mr. Deeds. Uh, I I just feel like at one point it's it just seemed like Adam Sandler just had so many romantic comedies. Yeah, fifty fifty first blind dates. I think 50 it was fifty first dates. Oh yeah, I'm blind. Oh, fuck, I'm here blind. I'm the one that's probably blind because I can't read. <laughs> Um, but uh, what was the other one? Anger oh, management. Anger management. Uh, well, no, no, no. There was the one with Jennifer Aniston too. Um, there's two of them actually with, with her. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, they came out on Netflix. Oh, the 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 cru- the cruise one. The cruise one, and then the other one where they're just go with it. Where he's like, she's like his his assistant or whatever, and he's like a dentist or a dermatologist or whatever, plastic surgeon. There you go. Dang, I don't think I've seen that one yet. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. But yeah, so, okay, so, but you're saying Seth Rogen? I switch it back to Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and say Seth Rogen, man. Uh, I mean, I love Adam Sandler movies, but obviously I'm, I'm more of a... The reason why I say Seth Rogen is because also we're talking about Judd Apatow. But why? I was trying to do that. Way too high. I was trying to do the, I was trying to do the Adam Sandler fucking thing. Jesus Christ. Oh, oh little Nicky. Burn my freaking break my eardrums doing that. Nah, anyway, burn your ear hairs. Yeah, sure. Um, but no, like you know, obviously Judd Apatow is 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 a good director, and I enjoy a lot of his movies. And just so happens that Seth Rogen, James Franco's, and a lot of them, obviously, like uh, Super Bad was a movie that he that he did. Uh, basically, anything that has Seth Rogen in it is probably Judd Apatow behind it. You know, Pineapple Express. That's actually one of my all time favorite movies. So, I would definitely say Seth Rogen for sure. Oh, okay. Hmm. And plus, I mean, the guy has an iconic laugh, so. I can't even do it. (laughs) All right. So, that is the show. Um, 
hopefully you guys enjoy what we talked about today. Um, obviously want to give a shout out to Alejandro Gomez for obviously providing us with the awesome graphic and logo for this podcast. Yeah. So you can go ahead and follow her on Instagram at Ale Gomez Graphics. Once again, that's at Ale Gomez Graphics. And shout out. Well, I guess we have to announce it now. We have a producer now. Yeah. So our producer. Spins. Slash beat maker. Um, the man's doing it all for us. Uh, shout out to my boy, Roosevelt Spencer. Um, obviously, he's my he's my brother from the Marine Corps. We we knew each other back in the Marine Corps days. And he's a he's a producer. He makes music. So um, decided to make a, a little co- a collaboration with him. And I think this is a great move for us. Um, but yeah, you can go ahead and follow him on Instagram. See some of his work at that guy dope. Once again, that's at that guy dope. Once again, shout out to Roosevelt Spencer for being the producer for this podcast. And obviously, the guy that's providing us with these badass beats for our intro and outro for the show. Yeah. So that's all I really got, man. Make sure you guys you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. Now that they're both the same thing. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. And can't wait to talk about next week. Yeah. Have a good night, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.